Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Ben from Cowan Logistics. Ben, it's really nice to have you on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, I'm really excited. So tell me a little bit about yourself, about your company, who you are, what you're up to, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the VP of sales at Cowan Logistics. I've been at Cowan for basically essentially nine years. Had a little brief stint where I took a little sabbatical in there, but that doesn't really count. It will say nine years. I've started entry-level sales rep, first job out of college. I knew nothing about logistics or transportation, but I was interested in sales. I was, I majored in college and film and thought I was going to be the next like Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg, but that didn't work out. I got fired after one day on a on a film set for losing a $200,000 camera. So that dream died very abruptly. So I stumbled into logistics, I think as a lot of people do, and just fell in love with it really quickly. And I started out my sales journey, just figuring out like, what is sales? How do I do sales? What's the best way to, for me to build a book of business? What's logistics? How's the, what's the best way to learn logistics and figure that out? And it was awesome. Like logistics is one of those things that you either love it or you hate it. Lucky for me, I love it. Been doing it for nine years now. And now I'm fortunate enough to get to lead our sales team. I'm in charge of our lead generation, our sales strategy for our team at Cowan. That's very cool. So what does sales look like in this space? What's it looked like this year? And give us a rundown. Yeah, it's been mostly, I would say, like the same since I started, which has been, there are 14,000 brokers out there. And there's a certain amount of manufacturers that have freight to ship and everybody's just pounding the phones, trying to get their attention. I'll talk to shipping managers all the time that say they get 15 to 20 cold calls a day from different freight brokers trying to earn their business. So it's very much just numbers game. You're trying to just get somebody on the phone at the right time and hit them at the right time and then get a chance to quote their freight and get in the door with them. Of course, a lot changed 2020 as did everything. So it's been a little bit different since then with all the problems in the supply chain and logistics, there's been lots of other opportunities. Two years ago, we were strictly basically a truckload freight brokerage and we were, that's what we had done. We were historically Cowan as a whole, Cowan systems has been around for about a hundred years and has been a truckload carrier and that's what we do. But when 2020 happened, a week, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, our customers are telling us they have issues with ocean shipping, with drayage, with all these things we had never heard before, like that, we, that people just had handled in the past. So it's been a great learning experience for us to see it from a new lens and be like, oh, like we actually have to stop just being one of the 14,000 freight brokers that are just cold calling every day and be one of those people that is problem solver and that is actually finding solutions and like actually adding value and helping our customers. I love that. And what techniques and strategies have you found to be effective in terms of reaching out, generating leads, all that sort of thing? For us, it was, I think, at least for me personally, it was realizing I started out as an entry-level sales rep and had success cold calling every day and just through brute force, just getting it done. And that's how a lot of people have success. I think 
a lot of times you fall into a pitfall of assuming, oh, this is how I was successful or this is how my boss was successful. So that's what I'm going to tell is that started our company that I'm managing or that I'm in charge of that they have to do because that's what I did back in my day. But then I realized after seeing how much turnover we had and how many people were in and out of the door, how many bad reviews we had on Glassdoor. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. It's <laughs> The year is like 20, at this point, it's like 2019. And I'm like, uh, you know, there's got to be a better way. It's for technology has come to a point where it can't just still be that the only way to do this is just cold calling. I've really been fortunate to be in a position where I've been given some freedom to just experiment and try new things until we found that secret recipe of what works for us. I think probably everybody's different. What works for one company, what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person, another company. But we found something that's worked for us through lots of different experiments. It's been most helpful, I think, is finding that technology is super important. If I could go back in time when I first was like a general manager, and had to figure out what to do and what to be a manager and what to tell my reps, I would have been like, okay, take every demo you possibly can to see what's out there technology-wise. So really, and study up, read books, listen to podcasts, like figure out what's out there so that educate yourself. And then step two is to experiment on a small scale, see what works, what doesn't work. And then after that, start to refine the process and be like, okay, maybe cold calling isn't the best avenue. Maybe this is the best avenue, X, Y, Z. And what I've found is when you take people, when you take the monotonous tasks out of what people have to do and you say, hey, just go be a problem solver, be a solution seeker for your customer. Don't be just a robot, mindless robot. People enjoy doing that. People are actually good at doing that. And you can actually get 5x, 10x the results that you would actually get through just sheer brute force. If you find the right technology that works for you and what you're doing, if you find the right solutions, and sometimes it's not even technology, sometimes it's just outsourcing or different things like that. We can use a combination of outsourcing and technology for is what's worked for us. And just really focusing on instead of hiring a hundred people and hoping five work out, let's hire five people and make sure all five are all rock stars. And just then we're focused on developing rock stars, not micromanaging reps that are going to quit because they hate us or get fired in six months. I love that. We've been doing a lot of stuff with like outbound video. And I love the fact you mentioned 5X, 10X, because that's what we've been getting, like 10X. And then you can take your most effective folks like time and really maximize it. So I love that 5X, 10X. Yeah. I love the video thing too. It's like, it's really interesting. It's like some things too, you hear and you're like, oh, that wouldn't work. Like I've thought that about a lot of things we've tried and it's like, you hear an idea about that and you're like, really? Would that work? And then you try it and you're on a, even a small scale or you AB test it with something else or different messaging, whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, like the response rates or the engagement rates on this is crazy. So you, you never know until you try it sometimes. It's crazy. Yeah. You never know. The idea came to us when we were making a bunch of cold calls and nobody would ever pick up the phone. And we're finally like, what if we made a mock call just in a video of all this stuff we're going to say if they pick up the phone, and then we just send it to them and they can watch it in their own free time. And we did this as an early experiment. And then we found, oh, hey, like 30 people watched this video and we weren't able to have 30 calls. It's and then a lot of people responded and then organically evolved from there. So 
like you said, you never know what works until you try it and throw some things at the wall. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like you throw stuff at the wall then and then you slowly start to refine and you like improve it where you're just not randomly just guessing anymore. You're like, okay, I know all this stuff doesn't work and I can focus on this. And then you're laser focused on testing those things and refining that stuff. Absolutely. So as you guys are doing this process, how are you evaluating? Oh, this is a success. This wasn't. Let's double down on this. Let's maybe move away from that. Do you test things for a month and then look at conversion rates or how does all that work? Yeah, I think the first answer to that, part one answer to that is luckily when we first started, like we did an absolutely horrible job with metrics and judging what was working, what was not working. Because if we had have had that from the start, we would have given up. We would have been like, oh my gosh, this doesn't work. <laughs> this is not working. So luckily we didn't have that at first. But then once I got good enough and we actually improved it, and I was like, okay, I don't suck anymore. This is actually starting to get better. Then what we started to focus on and that works for us pretty well is like focusing on things like, okay, what's the lead source that converted that became a customer. So if, if we set up 10 new customers today or 20 new customers today, like what lead sources did those come from? What's our close rate per lead source? What's our close rate by rep? What's our amount of revenue generated by lead source? What's our response rate and our engagement rate by lead source and by method judging referrals, dormant customers by hate calls. So not cold calls, but like cold emails, social media, all that stuff. So. Absolutely. Are you finding like right now, and I don't know if you can share this or not, like some of those are like make up a larger part of that pie than others. Yeah, for sure. I think like pretty much thing that people hate engaging in ways that like they just don't engage in the year 2022. That's what I found. That's why I hate cold calls because I like warm calls because people like talking with people, but not just like out of the blue. Everybody hates telemarketers and like you just don't talk on the phone. That's not how you discover new things. You discover new things on the internet or on social media. Like that's that has a really big effect. Of course, referrals are amazing. And are always the best source because anytime you have a relationship that's like a recommendation, that's a huge win. That's been a huge win for us and focusing on that. Um, and then, yeah, anything on a screen, like email is great. Social media is great because it's like something that's just, if you're interested, great. And then you can click a button, tap a button, whatever. If you don't, if you're not interested, then again, you just click something, tap a button. I think people prefer that. It's my experience. 10 times over, like getting a random call that they don't know who's calling. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty tough if you're just like some unknown random stranger trying to sell something on the phone. So that's, that's hard. And what I would say too, is that it, there, there has to be a value add. There has to be personalization. There has to be effort, like something that's a, just a generic canned pitch, no matter what the, whether you're doing cold calling or not, like it has to be really well thought out and super personalized. That's what people respond to. So you have to invest in however, whatever tools you have to get to that point where you can send that really highly targeted, personalized messaging. Absolutely. I totally agree. Let's talk about building the team. I think you went through a lot of interesting learnings when it comes to building up a productive sales team. What are maybe some of the highlights of challenges you encountered, solutions you figured out? 
Yeah. So we had like maybe 40 or 50 reps back in maybe like the year, like 2015, 2016 or so. And 2019 to 2020, by that point, we were just experiencing such a high turnover rate and just really, I would say just really struggling overall, searching for what's going wrong here. And a part of it was market driven. 2019 was a tough year and beginning of 2020 was a tough year until it wasn't. And then for us, basically what we did is we kind of took a step back and we just focused on let's, instead of hiring all these reps, let's just hire really slowly. Let's like slow down, make sure our process is right. And I would probably say that to anybody that's, if you're looking to change things, don't try to reinvent the wheel and reinvent your, what you're doing and your process at the same time while hiring a bunch of people, you got to stop and focus and make sure the process is right before you're hiring all these people and training them what to do. So we went really slowly for about a year and a half. And then this year, last six months has been just now we've got our process down. Let's go pedal to the metal and we're just hiring like crazy we've just been hiring like crazy <laughs> over the last year. So that's exciting. Yeah. Nice. That's great. That's awesome. And then as you're hiring all these folks, what's your process for training development, getting them up to speed as quick as possible? Yeah, I think probably overall and the way it's typically done in the stick space for freight brokers are they have about maybe anywhere from a month to six month training process. Of, because everybody's coming in, into it like, for the most part, not in a logistics background. You're learning logistics. Even if you are from a logistics background, you have to understand so much. And what we did is like, we had a time period where we would do these long training classes. And then what would happen is people would get on the floor and they would forget everything that they learned. And granted, we might not have had the best training tools at the time. What's worked better for us is a week of training and then a collaborative slow start into it. So we like retraining for the first year, two years that you're on the floor going so that it's not just this one and done kind of thing that I think it, it happens a lot with training where you're, you get training and that's it. Okay. You're on your own. So we, we have basically teams of six people in our truckload and our drayage division where you've got a team lead mentor that is also mentoring you. And then you've also got your team of six people that you're really relying on to help you and figure things out as you're going. And you basically, it's like training, learning on the fly, but like the constant collaboration, training and retraining, I think is what works best in logistics because it's so tough. You constantly learn new things every day. I'm constantly learning things and new things every day. It's just, it's hard not to, there's so much stuff out there. I love that. Ben, thanks so much for uh, joining here and giving insights on all this stuff. I really appreciate it. And it's super helpful. And it's been great to have you on. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Absolutely.